Hello and welcome to part two of my chat with the legendary Stu Whiffin. If you haven't heard part one yet, then stop right now. Go and find part one, give that a listen, and then come back and find us. Part two basically is this because I went through a big bunch of CDs with Stu, being a music anorak like myself, and we had a great conversation uh, in itself. It was almost a self-contained part of the uh, conversation. So we split it off into this extra bonus episode. So uh, if you're interested in the music and in Stu's taste in music, then uh, you're in the right spot. Here is part two of The Giant Pod with Stu Whiffin. It's got Cheap Trick and ACDC mm. and um, all kinds of stuff on it. Right, I've got this stack of CDs that I mentioned to you earlier. Wicked. I don't, I don't know we'll call this a quick fire round because maybe we'll be, eh, I don't know. We'll see what, what happens. Right. So, yeah, big anorak. You got, I saw some pictures on your Instagram and I was like, this this guy's collection is is like, I feel like we have a very similar, in terms of size, quantity, very similar mm. collection, which is very, very cool. So, all right. This what this bad boy turns thirty years old today. The Lars don't like them. <gasps> really? Mm. There's Interesting. Two, there's two bands that everybody thinks I should love. Right. Uh, and I had this conversation. <clears throat> Someone chose um, "There She Goes" by the Lars on, on the podcast. That's a big uh, song. It's a great song. "There She yeah. Goes" is a great song. As an as an indie DJ, I had to not play it for about ten years because I heard it too much. Right. Um, but then when I hear it now, I enjoy it. But that album is the one album that when, you know, the Mondays put out Bummed and the Roses put out Roses and all of these albums that were just integral in my my formative years of, you know, becoming a an indie an indie kid, uh, I just never got the Lars. I never got that album. The, the whole story of the Lars fascinates me. You know, I think he's a, a unique character. Um, and yeah, but that album is one of two bands that people are like, "What? You don't like them?" And I'm like, <laughs> I, "I just don't. I just it just don't tick the box for me." But don't I, tick your box. I can totally appreciate that. There she goes. Is um, an absolutely wonderful, wonderful uh, pop record. Absolutely. So we're off to an interesting start. I'm going to hit you next with some Jane's Addiction. Oh, mate, we can talk about that all night long. True. Uh, what, what's this one? Ritual Delo Habitual. Yep. It's great. Um, stealing is on this one. Stop. Yeah, great stuff. That, I mean that that record, that 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 that, that record's spectacular. Uh, I think Perry Farrell is one of the coolest frontmen ever. Yeah. Um, I think Dave Navarro is one of the coolest guitarists ever. Um, I'm, I'm not into guitarists that's like that, that play like wiggly diddly stuff. You know, play. I just want I want it to sound great in the song. I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of stuff. Your Steve Vai's and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and yeah, and I think Jane's Addiction don't sound like anyone. Uh, Perry Farrell don't sound like anyone. Um, it's psychedelic. It's you know, and, and it you know, when did that come out? Eighty, ninety. Uh, the, the, the first one was the eighties. Yeah, um, eighty eight, eighty nine. When was that? The ninety ninety one. I can't see it, man. It's not on here. It would have been very early nineties, and obviously the video ninety. Been, yeah, so the video I've been called stealing was everywhere. 
Uh, and and yeah, and then they just literally just stopped. Perry set up Pornhub for Pyros. Navarra joined the Chili Peppers for a bit, and and then uh, then they come back with um, oh, an hour and hour and hour. One of the best intros ever. Just because. Just because. Like oh, one of my favourites of all time. And I just see that video, and I was like, that geezer's abused his body for so many years. He looks fucking incredible. And he still looks incredible. Um, I got to see him. I got to see him again uh, about five years ago. Uh, they come and play Ritual at Brixton Academy. Uh, and, yeah, brilliant. I had, I had a really funny story from a, a mate of mine that supported him at a festival. And uh, and he said, like, he, he walked past their dressing room and the makeup artist was accentuating uh, Navara's six-pack with, like, like, with makeup to make it really, <laughs> really pop. Like, I hope I hope that's true because that, I do as well. That, that, I love him even more for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Jane's addiction, wonderful, wonderful. Ten out of ten band. Ready for this one? Oh. Pete Tong selection, Human Traffic. Yeah, um, I only saw that film recently. Oh, ain't it good? It's great. It's great. Um, yeah, I, I love that film. Uh, I guess as a as a as a Essex, you know, bordering East London. Uh, Danny Dyer in that film is fucking great. Like, uh, is it Moff? Is his character called Moff in that? Fucking brilliant. Um, and I think John Sim's incredible. Um, I think John Sim was also in uh, 24 Hour Party People playing Bernard Sumner from New Order, and I thought he bossed it. Like, I think he's a dude, life on Mars, he's a dude. Um, but yeah, human traffic is like, I mean, I can't even think of the records that are on there. What's on that soundtrack? We've got um, Weekend has landed. That's uh, you got CJ. Oh, that's a uh, that's a film. So the, in here they've got cuts from the film and they clip sound bites. DJ Boland, got Fatboy Slim, uh, Jackknife Lee, Lucid. So Jackknife Lee, Jackknife Lee was in a rock and roll band. Jackknife Lee was in a band called Compulsion, right? And uh, and who I saw supporting Smashing Pumpkins, and they were just fucking incendiary. And then, yeah, and I'm sure he he went on to become the Jack Ruffley, who's now super producer, like produces like the biggest bands on the fucking planet, like producer REM and fucking, is he just on the Biffy Clyro album? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. That's quite a trajectory, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and then there's a great, uh, they obviously got, you got to love spliff politics of Howard Marks. Yes. <laughs> Next one. Moby, play. Now, this isn't big for me, but I know this is big for guys of your generation. It's not big for me. No. Um, I I think uh, the track Go by Moby um, yeah. from 1989, maybe, uh, is one of the greatest dance records ever made. Um, I, I love that. But that album with all the kind of samples on it, you know, uh, I think... Yeah, I think Moby's a, a, a weird young man and, uh, you know, he, he made, like, you know, rave music and then picked up a guitar and, and made a punk album and and then, yeah, then come back with, with that album, which I guess was on every advert under the sun and probably yeah. made him a gazillionaire. But, um, but yeah, I, I, it weren't for me, that one. All right. Have you heard his track on the, uh, the Bourne uh, soundtrack? No identity. That is, uh, I think that's Moby. I love that one. Yeah. Here's one. Life forms. Future sound of London. Uh, wow. Um, blimey, that's uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, so 
again, when I was listening to Moby Go, I would have been listening to Papua New Guinea by uh, Future Sound of London, um, which is what, again, one of the greatest dance records ever made. Um, yeah. It's from Outer Space, that record. And um, when I sat down with a, a, a guy called Dave Spears, who's a, a producer and, and, and works very closely with Underworld, um, and he was saying he'd, he'd just been doing some stuff with uh, members of Future Sound of London. So I don't know if that's come to light yet, but that's something right. I'm always intrigued to, to hear anything from people like that fun fact brian uh is a good friend of mine from future sound of london um and he has done some he's got a, another thing he goes under yage he's done some remixes of my hardcore band right um and uh they're proper fucking out there it's proper out there shit he just did one of our latest track agility and he put like an 808 on it and everything like that but um i would yeah. i would love to hear that man yeah, I'll send it through to you, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm trying to get Brian on the pod, but he's he's so fucking elusive. He's aloof. He's he's the one that like, you know, in the interviews that he's got his face fucking pixelated and shit like oh, I love um, I love him uh, more for stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I would really love to get him on, but I, yeah, I've got I've got to have to sort of coax him out somehow, <laughs> I think. Um David Gray, White Ladder. Um right, okay, interesting. Um so I guess we're going mid mid to late nineties. No, late night. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I think he gets a bit of a rap, David Gray, for being a bit radio too. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is a bit. But the stuff he done up until then, um, that I only discovered after hearing that album. Yeah. Uh, and there was a film called This Year's Love, which I really liked. Oh, the song is amazing and as well. That song is beautiful. Yeah, uh, and Sail Away is in the film as well, and I think uh-huh. Sail Away is a really good song. And, and what what I didn't like was, um, I mean, I like Babylon, and was it Please Forgive Me? Was that on there? Uh, yeah, track one. It's got yeah. the sort of the break, the breakbeat, dancey sort but of. But uh... did it? But did it? Right. That's what I was going to say. Then right. when it got released for the radio, they put them beats behind it, and and that spoiled it for me because I kind of like folky david gray um yeah and i weren't interested in the kind of the, the breakbeat uh side of it right okay interesting mm. here's one is a band that changed my life the misfits okay. static age mm. how are you with the misfits i'm not massively knowledgeable on the misfits um i know lots of people that um are obsessed with that band and i mean i i know like when uh, i guess going back to maybe 2002 there was lots of clubs happening where i live the underground events that were playing kind of Ramones and sort of post-punk stuff and like almost like some kind of really sort of dark disco stuff and and the Misfits were getting played as well. And, you know, and I mean, to say it's a strong looks and understatement. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan, but, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm super knowledgeable on them. No, fair enough, fair enough. Here's one, you'll know this one well. Angels, Dan the Sack versus Scroobius Pip. Uh, bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no um, it's um, read, read me the track listing. Read that track listing. Oh, good God. It's a great one. Uh, the beat that my heart skipped. Development, look for the woman. Rapper's battle. Tommy C, fixed. Angels, my favorite, a letter from God to man. Magician's assistant, oh. back from hell. Thou Shalt Always Kill, which was my introduction years and years and years ago. I actually recently had to buy this because I had a really shit MP3 of it. Uh, and then it's waiting for the beat to kick in. 
It's the, yeah. uh, the closer. Um, yeah, I left from God to man. Fuck me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, as much as he's my mate and it pains me to big him up, um, you know, and, and I, 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 I knew Dan. I grew up with Dan. I didn't grow up with Pitt. Right. Like, we, we, okay. we all live very close to each other um, in, in, in Essex. Um, Dan no longer lives in Essex. Um, but, um, yeah, Dan used to come to all my clubs. and As did Pitt, but I, I knew Dan uh, pretty well. Um, and I, I think he's the person that most of my mates have punched um, more than anyone else. <laughs> and, and it's really weird because I'd never punched Dan. I always really liked Dan, but um, he used to really annoy a lot of my mates. And uh, But I, he had incredible music taste and he was very charismatic and very outgoing. And, and I was just, yeah, I was supposed to be drawn to him. I just thought he was, I, I still think he's a really fucking nice dude. And, and, yeah, I love getting to hang out with Dan, and it doesn't happen that often now because he lives in in Reading. Um, but then, obviously, then I, I knew that they both worked in HMV, and they were both making music. and And Pip was the the hip hop dude from around my way that looked like a hip hop dude, but liked fucking Alien Ant Farm and Green Day, and would be at my club every week. Um, <laughs> but uh, but 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 yeah, and then but, you know they they just had some amazing success and. And yeah, I'm just fucking like proper, proper, fiercely proud to you know to have him as mates and to have Pip as a you know as a business partner and and you know and he's he's so measured like you know whenever I'm feeling unsure of something you know I can go Pip and he'll go right and he'll just give you a real good balanced answer and like you know I know that people think he's got the wisdom because he's got that beard and he looks a bit profity but um. But, you know, I've worked with lots and lots of people that have, you know, been famous for, you know, music and acting and things like that over the years. Um, and sometimes, it, you know, it's not good for them as people. Um, Pip's one of the good guys. He's just, you know, the, the stuff that people see on social media and, and you know, and, and hearing his lyrics that people love about him, they should love about him because that's for real. He's just he's just a fucking good lad. Really is yeah. one, of, one, of, one of the best. And uh, yeah, and a, and a, and a yeah, Love, lovely dude. He went off the radar for me um, because I just stopped paying attention. But I loved I loved that album and I and I really liked the video uh, to um, Thou Shalt Always Kill. And I didn't really know what happened then because I was mostly in sort of my rock uh, punk thing those are my circles until uh until huey launched his po- his old podcast i guess uh it's sort of in the hiatus at the moment and he uh he and i was like oh damn screw me as pip i know that name and then i, and I realized he had like one of the biggest podcasts going i was like well oh fuck me yeah great yeah yeah they're, they're really good pals that's that's how i met huey was through pip um, right and and yeah and i think pip, huey went on pip's podcast quite early on as well uh, yeah. very early on he may well have been in like one of the first 10 episodes i think it was yeah 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 it was it was great here's here's a double feature for you this is neil young harvest and after the gold rush mm. yeah um i'm not a massive neil young fan um really yeah uh i, I, I like both them albums um yeah and and occasionally i'll put harvest on i've got uh, on vinyl i'll put that on on vinyl and i'll enjoy it um i'm a ridiculous pearl jam fan and so i know by default i should also love neil young yeah um but um but yeah it's like he wouldn't make my top 100 really interesting (laughs) all right we'll move on 
Oh, mate, they're in my top fucking ten, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Faith No More, Angel Dust. You'd have none of your fucking new metal. Right. You wouldn't have Deftones. You wouldn't. uh, Just fucking awesome. Yeah. Like Mike Patton, one of the greatest frontmen ever, one of the greatest voices ever. You know, mate, he was one of the first guys that would bark and then sing. You know, right. he was doing Chino before Chino done Chino. And like, <laughs> yeah. and he looked so fucking cool. Like, when he yeah. had long hair, he looked so fucking cool. Then all of a sudden, he was like the first kind of rocker that cut his hair off, slicked it back, got his eyebrow pierced. No one had seen that before. It was like, whoa. Within days, me and my mates all have swollen, infected eyebrows who were shoving safety <laughs> in trying, trying to look like Mike Patton. And then they put out angel dust. And it's like, fuck me, what is this? Like, it was like the simps were just monster. And like, the, the first single was uh, Midlife Crisis. And then, was it Small Victory? I think Midlife Crisis might have been a double A with Be Aggressive as well. And then obviously I had the massive hit with Easy. Yeah. Uh, and then oh, everything, everything's ruined is on that album as well. It, it's, that's a masterpiece. And, and I think that was a blueprint for a lot of the stuff that happened in, in like new metal and, and yeah. And just, just the way that a lot of bands looked as well, the way American rock bands looked, I think Patton and Faith No More which is different level. I, I, I'm yeah. not a massive metaler, and I don't class Faith No More as metal the same way that I don't class Deftones as a metal band. Like I, I think they're just on a, they're on their own little place, right? Like they're yeah, out, they're out in space somewhere. Like Deftones, I, I see them as much as a, as a shoegaze band as I do as a yeah. as, as as a metal band as a rock band. Like yeah, I just like them. I like these bands that just kind of go. It, 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 they're hard to define, you know. Yeah. And they, Deftones also get sort of pulled into that new metal thing for no other reason than timing. Yeah. It was just when that band started releasing records was when that thing was happening. And it's like, Deftones do not sound like Limp Biscuit, or you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like there's a, a maturity that in their sound and a richness in their sound that, and I, I don't hate Limp Biscuit or anything, but I just think. There's more depth in what yeah, uh, yeah. the Deftones yeah. and Faith No More do than a lot of the new metal bands. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm just going to apologise to any of your metal fans that are, that are listening. I don't hate metal. I like metal, but I, I'm just quite selective with, with what I like. It's all right. It's all good. No, I'm, I'm not going necessarily specifically for a metal crowd, but if they come, they're welcome. Okay. All are welcome here. Uh, filter, take a uh, what was it? Take a title of record, not take a picture. That's one of the tracks. Take, I, I only know take a picture because um, yeah. they 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 were massive in the states, weren't they? And take a picture blew up over here. Now, am I right that was one of them involved in Nine Inch Nails in Absolutely. some way, shape, or form? I think it was the singer. Right. I don't know much about names and dates and 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 stuff. All I know is that this is a fucking killer record yeah i haven't really nerded out on it too much but i i I thought it might be obscure enough but clearly not like Uh, i i own it but and take a picture i used to play in the clubs all the time it was a a big tune and and yeah and i just there was another track that i can't buy them that was on the album it was a single that i can't uh, i definitely played out as well 
But yeah, again, I'm not super knowledgeable. I'm trying to find it. Skinny? Yeah. Big track. Massive. Uh, I guess we're going to talk Nine Inch Nails. Oh. Da- uh, downward Spiral. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as, as we've probably worked out, I'm old as fuck. So, um, I was um, really lucky. And because and where I live, I, I live like, you know, a couple of minutes from Basildon. So, um, what Basildon produced is Depeche Mode, uh, who are one of my all time favorite bands. Uh, and I then become obsessed with, with mute records and dark electronic music. Uh, in the late eighties, and uh, and there was other sort of industrial bands that were coming out on that label, like Nitzareb, uh and, and stuff like that. And there was bands like the Young Gods. I don't think they were on Meat Records. But then I heard this track called Sin, and uh, and it says it comes down to this, and he says within, but it sounds like he's saying within, and I was like, <laughs> Trent, Re- Trent Reznor singing about me. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember hearing Sin and thinking, "Fuck me, this is this is a cracking record." Um, and then I heard Head Like a Hole, and then you know it was just like, right, this band are now going to be absolute, you know, alternative club for floor filler bangers yeah. for the next twenty years. And yeah, and and to this day, you know, every Friday night at my club, you will hear, um, "Oh fucking hell, uh, uh, oh." What's it? What's it? Uh, I want to fuck you like an animal. What's it actually called? Oh, 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 closer, closer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, closer is still a, a fixture on the dance floor every Friday night at the club. Yeah, I think um, it's called cl- closer. It is closer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, Trent Reznor's um, uh, an absolute crazy, interesting, weird, bonkers genius that that makes some stuff that's almost unlistenable in places, uh, but continues to push boundaries and that's what you want from from your musicians yeah and 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 i think like yeah he he deserves the respect you know that the the critical acclaim that he gets absolutely beastie boys paul's boutique oh man uh so there's a track on there called eggman and uh oh oh, yeah and it's this is the one yeah yeah so it's my all-time favorite beastie song um so i i can i mean i'm looking to my right now and and i've i've I bought a, a signed Beastie Boys piece of artwork, concert poster, and they're they're the band for me that when I was thirteen, fourteen, License to Ill come out, and maybe the same way that some people got fired up when they heard the Pistols in '77, or when they heard Guns and Roses, or when they heard Blink, or whatever that thing was that made you want to go fucking crazy and all of a sudden there was these three douches from america that were talking about getting trashed and and you know some stuff that's not particularly cool now but we was going out robbing v-dub signs off the front of cars and wearing them and just wanting to be the beastie boys um and i loved it and and then i didn't hear paul's boutique because the beastie boys just disappeared right um from the you know hip-hop in the UK, maybe got dwarfed by the explosion of like acid house music, house music, and you know, and, and other scenes that were, you know, Manchester, you know, that that whole indie explosion. It felt like that album kind of got forgot. Right. Then I heard So What You Want, uh, the video I saw on MTV Rocks or whatever, and I was like, fuck, you know, this is amazing. And and I bought Check Your Head, 
And and I was like, oh, this this band, they're still so fucking cool. And they were just talking about skateboarding, which was what we was all about at that point. And it was like, yeah. oh man, like. And then before you know it, you're just thinking, right, I need to go grow myself a moustache, and because sabotage drops, and it's like, can't believe what I'm seeing. Like this band have just evolved again, and this album has got sabotage on it and it's got like, I mean, even if you listen to check your head, you've got like something's got to give, which is pure blissed out, almost trip hop. And then you've got like time for living, which is straight up hardcore. And you just think fucking hell, like this band are just fucking geniuses and whatever they do, they look beyond cool. There's no yeah. band ever. And I'll argue with anyone that is cooler than the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys are the coolest three men have ever walked this fucking earth, right? And, <laughs> <laughs> and how many bands can you say that for the you know for your whole life, pretty much from like when I was thirteen to the last record they released, blew your mind, and you played it and you listened to it and you DJed it to the point where I was absolutely blessed a couple of weeks ago to sit down and interview Chuck D from Public Enemy and Public Enemy's yeah. new album come out last weekend uh, with the two remaining beasties on there as well and it's like I just got so excited that I was going to hear their voices on new music and yeah. and to watch you know to go on Apple and watch Apple TV and watch the Beastie Boys film the Beastie Boys book like it's just the book is amazing oh I man I haven't read it but I've got a friend that's obs- my guitarist Charlie is really obsessed with the beastie boys loves it and he yeah. was just always when he was reading it just telling me all these stories oh that they, they've apologized for this and they've done this and then yeah. they, they paid for someone's uh surgery you know uh um gender reassignment surgery yeah. and it's just like just they just sounded like the the coolest guys on the planet tibet going to tibet yeah yeah you know, just just wild lives yeah like yeah. In- incredible absolutely incredible yeah like, I can't say enough good things about the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Here's one. Oh, Counting Crows. August and everything after. That looks like it's been well played. Well, this is the um, uh, the deluxe edition. Oh, reissue. sorry. I literally thought that was actual tape on it. Like, oh, no, no, no. This is part of the art. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. that I'm filing this next to David Gray in questionably Radio 2, right? Right, yeah. Um, I got a lot of stick when Mr. Jones come out. For playing it in the club right like people are like why are you playing this like it's a bit tom petty and like you know <laughs> and, and but but uh, tom petty's amazing i fucking love tom petty of course but <laughs> but you don't play tom petty in an indie night in 1995 no you don't you don't hit them with refugee no it really good doesn't no. go down um i have played american girl in the brush a lot though right right um but yeah i i i loved mr jones uh, and I was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna play it. Everyone loved Mr. Jones. It went off, and and it almost become a bit of a signature tune for my second set. I would start with that, and and it was brilliant. And, it, and, and do you know, I actually watched a video to that about a week ago. I was just going down a YouTube thing, and I'll see it, and I was like, I have not watched that for ages, and and it sounded brilliant. And that album, I love it. Like um, yeah. Sullivan Street is amazing. Oh. Ran here and like, um, I had, um, I, 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 if anyone wants to ever listen to off the beaten track, I'll, and and uh, and they want someone that can tell a good story, uh, I, I sat down with Frank Turner, um, about two months ago, 
And he told this really brilliant story. He was talking about Counting Crows because he chose a Counting Crows record on the podcast. And, uh, and he said he was doing a gig in Baltimore. Right. And, uh, and there's a track on this album called Raining in Baltimore. Yeah. And he said, and as I was playing like uh, my gig, it started to rain. And I was like, fuck it. Like, because <laughs> his sister was a massive Canning Crows fan. So he kind of by default then got into Canning Crows. Right. And he said, so I just was like, right, I'm going to play it. So I just got the, you know, got the acoustic and just played Raining in Baltimore. And he said, check this out. He said, because he'd met Adam Duritz a few times. Yeah. And he said, he walks off stage. And there's a message from Adam Juritz, isn't it? Adam Juritz. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Saying, dude, my brother's at your show in Baltimore and he just said you just played my record. And it was like, <laughs> whoa, man. It was raining in Baltimore. So I played it. And the dude from Counting Crow's brother was there, told the singer from Counting Crow's, who then texted me as I walked off stage. That's a moment. I was like, dude, that's good. Dude, you made it. <laughs> Turner made it here's one I know you're going to love this one Reef Glow um right interesting right oh 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 oh, oh. okay uh, um so I, I'm not a massive Reef fan at all um uh, at all um when when they uh came out my friend's band was 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 gigging with them when um I can't think what the first album was called with, with, with Naked on it. Naked was a big tune that blew up. Uh, and, and I remember liking that. And then, you know, I liked Place Your Hands. I really, really like a track on that album called Consideration. Like um, Track five. Yeah, I really, I, I, that's my favourite Reef song by, by a mile. Um, and and they were huge. And, you know, and, and I didn't dislike them, but I had mates that loved Reef. Right. And and they just weren't that band for me. Like, I, okay, I, I played them in the clubs all the time. Yeah, well, I thought you would have, and I thought that was would have been you'd have a good memories uh, but, because of they do your favors, right? With that. <laughs> so I had Jack on the podcast last week, and and right. and and he's he's so cool, so cool. He's just got that kind of West Country accent, and he was like, "All right, rocker." He just kept calling me rocker. <laughs> it, was, it was lovely, and he, he was so much fun. It was, he, and it was a, just a lovely dude, and. Um, Andy Taylor from Duran Duran is now in Reef. Like that's quite fucking crazy. Like, right. Um, but yeah, like you know, I, I have no issue with Reef at all. And and if right. they come on the radio, I'll enjoy it. But I, I'm not a, a you know, I wouldn't say I'm a big Reef fan. Um, okay. But uh, where, where was I going to go with this? But the, the, when I mentioned at the very beginning, uh, the thing that I don't like, I said I didn't like two bands. One was the Lars. Uh, and the other band that you're meant to like that I do not like um, is Led Zeppelin. Um, <gasps> that now that is I'm shocked actually by that. <laughs> so wow! Because I and Reef made me think of it. I don't. I'm not massively into riffs, like riff-driven right. music. Like that whole concept of like sweaty rock and roll isn't for me. Right. Like um, you know, like I, yeah, and I guess like that. With bands like Zeppelin, it's it's all about the riffs, isn't it? And like, and and I don't like Robert Plant's voice. Um, but uh, but yeah, and so I think in the mid nineties, what was going on in the alternative music, one side of it, you know, I liked a lot more, and Reef were more towards that kind of more retro rock sound, right? Which I didn't grow up listening to. I grew up listening to. Depeche Mode and the Smiths and, and and REM and things like that. So mine was more 
I guess more sort of a bit more of a sort of straightforward songwriting approach to it rather than it being led by a riff. I don't know if that even if that's right to say. No, that, I know what you're know. saying. I know what you're but saying. But yeah, I, I don't like songs that are all powered by riffs. But then right. I've already been sitting here pulling myself off over just because by Jane's addiction and that pure <laughs> riff. So yeah, I'm just There's talking, all riff. I'm talking bollocks, but yeah, yeah. No, I've got all right. the, the episode with Jack Pheasant from uh, Reef is a, is a real sweet episode. He's, he's such a top dude. Here's the next one. Raw Power, Iggy and the Stooges. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Like, what a fucking dude he is, man. Like, right. Did you, um, I mean, do you listen to his show on Six Music? You know what? I've never, I've never heard it. Man, it's so good. Like, I, I, yeah, but it is. He just picks incredible records and his voice, like, yeah. you think Howard Stern's voice sounds smooth through the radio. Like, <laughs> oh. you hear Iggy's deep voice. It's like, fuck me, that's amazing. Uh, and then I, I remember seeing him do, um, Lust for Life on Jules Holland with uh, Queens of Stone Age and uh, oh yeah it, they did it, that is it Matt is, 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 is Arctic Monkeys is Josh Hom who's the Arctic Monkeys drummer Matt Elders is it uh, I don't know yeah and he, sounds, he, that sounds like it's yeah, probably right but he's playing know. he's playing drums and Josh Hom is playing and and yeah and then they just start playing Lust for Life and then Iggy just bursts out and what Iggy's got to be about 140 now isn't he and he's like <laughs> yeah. and he was just tearing it up and now when you think fuck me that's so cool like yeah just incredible eyes absolutely incredible next one ready yeah dead kennedy's fresh fruit for rotting vegetables uh, again if we're talking about you know bands that just fucking ripped up the rule book like the stooges and just went right we're gonna just tell it how it is then yeah, uh, yeah dead kennedy's man yeah oh fucking they, they, these are important bands, do you know what I mean? Yes, they, they, absolutely. These are bands that people find solace in. These are people that find their identity through these bands. They find friends that you know. Imagine being back at college in, you know, you know, in the states back when when you know this that, that stuff was happening. You know, a minor threat was happening, and you know, and and just feeling like you ain't found your place or your tribe. And then all of a sudden, you see someone in a you know Dead Kennedys T-shirt or with a Dead Kennedys record. You'd be like, man, I got to go and talk to him. You know, yeah, yeah, and like, uh-huh. yeah, bands like that, man, so fucking vital. We uh, we had the really good fortune of um, going on tour with the Dead Kennedys. We opened up from three times, I think. It was. Wow! And and it was um, it was just there was a moment I was sat on the stage and we would just done a sound check, and I just looking behind me and just they had the the backdrop with the big DK logo on it, and I was like, this is a this is a moment here. This yeah. is just a full circle moment, man. It was just, it was madness. It was That's forever. incredible, dude. Yeah, it was great. It was good fun. Yeah. Um, still doesn't feel kind of real. Do you know what I mean? Like It shouldn't do, though, should it? No, I don't want it to. Because, the, the, yeah, real is boring, isn't it? Magic's not meant to feel real, is it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, we've already mentioned these guys before. Porno for Pyros. Yeah. Um, um, self-titled, I think. Yeah. Uh, didn't really deliver. Like I just I had big big expectations and and I thought it was all right. Like, right. I wanted I wanted the next instalment and and it yeah it was probably in my in fairness it was probably more me than than, than, uh, than the band. It was like I wanted more James Addiction and, and I yeah. got Porno Papyros, which you know if someone would have said to me oh there's a new band called Porno Papyros and I would have put that album on I would go this is really cool yeah but. It, but you knew, yeah, you had expectation. That's exactly that, and that's what right. sort of probably took the shine off of it. 
All right, last two, last okay. two. Now, I I'm, I want to say, oh, well, this one's, you know, this one's going to deliver the goods, but I don't know now, actually, because cause I've, I've assumed a few things in this conversation, and you've been like, nah, not really into that. But in utero, Nirvana. Yeah, um, one of the greatest records ever made. Oh, thank God. Like, thank God you say um, uh, the, the, the fucking production on that record. Oh, Steve Albini. Mate. Oh. Like, um, who did I see just recorded with Steve Albini? Put an album out this week. Who just released an album with Steve Albini? Uh, there's a bit Bob, of... Bob Mould? No. No. Uh, oh, God. I literally read it yesterday and it was like, I've recorded with Albini. That's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've... Like the Lars and like so many of like James Addiction, as a, a DJ in an alternative club, I've played a lot of Nirvana. A lot. Yeah. You know, over... And, and still do because it's wonderful. And so Nirvana's one of them bands um, that, for me, I sort of just, I'd never listened to them because it's Nirvana, and it's like, yeah, I know everything about Nirvana. I've not listened to Nirvana forever. It's like, yeah, I'll just, they're just there now. And, yeah. like, and then about four months ago, um, I was just walking through London, and, and I put on, is it Live and Loud? Yes, that's on the, one of the Super Deluxe uh, box sets. The MTV show that they play. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when that watching that and just thinking, oh, my God. And that come on, and I was like, I've just remembered why these are one of the, the most important bands definitely in my lifetime, if not ever. Yeah. And, yeah. and just that chang of drain you before it <sighs> kicks – yeah, like that's literally just got goosebumps. Like, um, <laughs> and, and, and just and you, I'm listening to it, and you know, it's a given. Grohl's on fire, you know. Yeah, Pat Smear is just a fucking uber dude, you know. Chris does what Chris does and owns it, and then you just forget like the pop sensibilities of Nirvana. It, yeah. you know. Lots of people can go, oh, I can write a fucking punk record, but you try and write a pop record. You try and write a song that's got hooks, choruses yeah. that everyone's going to sing along with. Everyone's instantly going to respond to when it gets played loud. Yeah. They, never mind, the greatest pop record ever made. Every song on Nevermind is literally the rule book for making pop music. It's like, Oh my god, that chorus! And that's not even the chorus; that's the pre-chorus. Fuck, is the chorus? Oh my god, it's like it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And what also let's not overlook. He's got the fucking most insanely great voice. Yeah, his voice is amazing. And you know where could that have gone? I mean, there's rumours that there's a recording that he made an album with Michael Stipe. What I would give to hear that. The thought of hearing, you know, post unplugged where R.E.M. was with, you know, guitars and that at that point, some kind of sombre record with Kurt and Michael Stipe. Oh, fuck me, what I would give to hear that. Yeah. It's, it is, I, yeah, if I think about it too much, I, gen, I genuinely get a bit sad. Yeah. And, and I don't even, uh, I don't even know him. Didn't even know him. Uh, all right, this is the last one. I realise that we've been going on a while now. I've been really enjoying this. Uh, Grace by Jeff Buckley. How are you on this one? This is new to me. I'm not. I'm not versed in this. This is mm. a new acquisition. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? You've picked all the records that are the ones that are divisive between me and my friends. It's like, <laughs> uh, bizarrely, Jordan Gray, who I spoke about earlier, like 
that's probably one of her favorite recording artists of all time and right. and yeah i i i get that he's a very talented young man an amazing musician a beautiful fucking looking man uh with a ridiculous voice like mm. incredible but i own grace and i i just do you know what as i'm saying this i've really i had a dream last night that I was doing Jeff Buckley's uh, Everybody Everybody Loves You, Everybody, Everybody. Like, it's not on that album. Uh, I was doing Jeff Buckley at karaoke for Seto. That'd be fucking diabolical if I ever done that. Um, but yeah, it just literally made me think. Um, Jeff Buckley, I, I don't get what people get. Right. But that's music. You know, everybody should find something that just goes, oh, you know, I, I I adore Billy Bragg and lots of my pals are like, man, like what? He he, don't, he, he can't sing. And I'm like, he can, he can sing the same as anyone can sing, but he's got a great voice. It's like, it's what you like. And it's yeah. like, and yeah, Jeff Buckley, um, last goodbye is a great record. His cover hallelujah is good. I mean, one of my favorite bands is the Smiths. I believe there's a Smiths cover on that album as well. Um, uh, and, and yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I love his dad's music. I, I'm a big Tim Buckley fan. Um, and, and yeah, I like Jeff Buckley, but when everybody's like, Grace is in my top five albums of all time, it wouldn't be in my top 200. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've bought this basically off the hype and I've got a friend who, who says, yeah. he says incredible things And I've gone back it, to so. it. I've gone back to it a right. lot because, yeah. you know, I, I'm trying not, to figure it out. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah. because there's a few albums, um, like Pet Sands by the Beach Boys, like everyone was like, man. I've had to do that. I've had to do that. And like, Absolutely. And I've gone back and, and like, and now it's probably in my top three albums of all time. Right. But it took a while because I was like, when I hear the Beach Boys, I just want to see Michael J. Fox surfing on top of a fucking like <laughs> van dressed as, you know, right. as, as a wolf. Like, and, you know, Beach Boys for me was all like surf rock and, yeah, that's just this crazy batshit, awkward, beautiful, glorious record. That's now you know, like I say, probably one of my favorite. But I had to persevere, and then all of a sudden, something yeah. just clicked, and I was like, "Oh yeah, oh I there it is, like, the penny drop." Yeah, 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 massively. I had that with Dark Side of the Moon. Weirdly, yeah, um, I had to, I had to put the work in with it mm. until uh, I don't know. I got it. I don't know. I don't know why. I guess I wasn't... You know that some things... Like, I'll buy an album and I'll stick it in with the thousands next to it and I'll be like, one day, I'll be ready for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll know it. I'm like, everyone loves this. Everyone I know who's mega smart, mega sophisticated with their music taste, they swear by this. I'm not with this right now, but I'll I'll put it in the collection and one day I'll, I'll come to it. And then, and we'll, you know, we'll be friends, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. And you'll drop. Absolutely. And I love that. I think that's, that's part of the journey, isn't it? Definitely, mate. Absolutely. Right. Nice one. Stu, um, appreciate your time. I, I know we've been, we've, we've really gone over. Um, so hopefully I haven't like screwed up your day. No, mate, but, it's, been, uh, it's been an absolute privilege getting to talk to you about records and stuff. And yeah, man, you, you, you're good at this. Oh, well, thank you very much. Cheers, man.
big thank you to Stu Whiffin for being in a two-parter episode of The Giant Pod. You can find all of his uh, appropriate links in our show note description box. Please leave a review, like and subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Andy underscore S1S. This was produced by Harry Williams, the greatest of all time producer. Uh, check us out next week on The Giant Pod. Thanks. <laughs>